press the button now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. on, start again. Um, I'm trying to think about the wisdom that I was just channeling, and then I really realised we weren't recording. It started. It is weird. And then, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always there's a thing about like a human the human condition. Start off at the top, shall we? All right. About just like it's <laughs> just going to be entertaining. <laughs> No, I spent it, talked about it before. Like, there's certain um, human traits, like in in social situations, mm. that if you don't do, causes people to get a bit strange, or you become a bit strange. Spoken right. about it before, about like, well, say like, um, if you don't drink alcohol, there's a weird energy, almost as if you're not as trustworthy as somebody who does drink alcohol. If you were at something like a wedding, yeah, and someone, or you went out and met someone for the first time, can I buy you a drink? Mm. And you were like, no, thank you, I don't I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. There's this weird social defense of like, why doesn't he drink alcohol? Maybe he's an outsider. Maybe he's bringing with him the plague. That kind of stuff. So I find that, I find that, I've always found that kind of stuff really interesting. But I was reading here that, it's really weird when you grow up. <laughs> when you grow up. Just in childhood, like you do things that you don't really, or people around you do things and you don't really understand the severity of it. Yeah. Like I had a friend growing up who slept with his best friend's girlfriend. And at the time it was like, people were kind of like finding it funny. (laughs) And I went to uni. I was like, that's so fucked up. Yeah. It's so fucked up that apparently they did it in front of me while I was unconscious, but I still vomited on them. (laughs) (laughs) I am an entity of justice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you just don't, don't really register. And there was, there's a whole bunch of really, I had some weird friends when I was growing up. But I just found this article about um, a 19-year-old who, uh, the title says, tied up and sexually assaulted a 14-year-old girl isn't going to go to jail because it was consensual. Consensual. I, I saw the headline on that, but yeah. I didn't go into it. I like, just glanced at it just now yeah. and I was like, that seems weird. But then again, you think back and you go, one number one, 16 or 18 and below you're not able to sexually consent to no i mean you can have sex when you're 16 but it's not with a 19 year old no for some for again that's again that weird social uh, that's the blurred line of you can't do that but yeah. definitely believe that you shouldn't be held responsible for your actions yeah it's it's where you draw the line because they say mm. you don't actually stop developing until you're 25 but you can't yeah. reasonably say or you can't consent until you're 25 yeah so but, like I mean, you have to draw that line so far and beyond. That, well that feels yeah. like yeah. yeah it feels like ridiculously young but then again like the um, like weird friends growing up there was someone who were i mean people are apparently becoming more sexually aware younger because of the internet and stuff like that so exploring their sexuality and that at a younger age and with language like sexual assault and being tied up i read into it a bit further and they, he put like a belt around her neck which again could be consensual and again could be confused. Well, I say consensual as I mean that the girl may have understood what was going on as in thought she understood what was going on. Yeah. Um, might have seen it in a film and might have wanted to experiment with something like that and knew somebody in the neighborhood, five year difference. So when they were younger, they could have been friends or all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just really weird line. Um, and yeah, I, th- I believe they, I don't believe they had, uh, penetrative sex or whatever but they were stumbled upon or that kind of stuff but it's still there is a social feeling of like no that's absolutely wrong you shouldn't do that to a 14 year old at all yeah and because when you're 19 you're still a child but you're given you've been given the responsibility of responsibility for your own actions you should know better yeah and not do that kind of stuff 
but then when I think back, like fucking growing up, there was just, so many friends who were not like that, but yeah, would get off on the whole mind. Get would would, would children beyond when they should have been adults. Yeah. There was a point where it was like, now you have to be an adult and you have to start dealing with life. And they were like, no, but I still want to live with my parents. I still want to work at the supermarket. And, mm. You know, it's just, and, ne- and, and never properly leave. And so that just naturally meant that they hang around with the younger crowd and then they became the cooler, older person. Yeah. But it's weird that it's, it's so clearly a feeling inside of me that's like, no, this is clearly wrong. Shouldn't do it. When if nobody got hurt, maybe it's okay. But then if you were the parent of the daughter, oh fuck no! Yeah, you just could lose your mind, wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's so weird that subconsciously it's just in your head. You know, it's just there's something in you Is that it... knows when you're going beyond over the line. Yeah, but then it it wasn't always that way. Like yeah, so th- there has to be some part of that that's societal and not mm. like just pure instinct. Yeah, people I, only recently started having sympathy for children. No, no, was, no. Because it, no, it was like Shakespeare, wasn't it? Romeo and Juliet was like, they were like 12, they were 13. Like young, well, yeah, but they were both 12, 13. I don't think so. Were they not? So, no, I think only Juliet was. Oh, right. From memory. But around that time frame, like life expectancy, society yeah. difference, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, kids were treated as a well, as it wasn't unusual, adult situation. It, it wasn't unusual a couple of hundred years ago for like 14, 15 year old girls to all have kids and, and start yeah. starting families. Yeah, so it must be a recent development that people start, <laughs> started loving kids. Yeah. But, for, but for, for you and me and for, for well, for, I imagine yeah. for everyone that we know that around that age range feels quite defensive. Yeah, and you can't quite put your finger on it, so you have to say, "Well, like, th- there has to be some kind of instinct to it." But mm. you also can't can't underestimate the, um, the 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 kind of the level of importance that society places on that kind of thing, and, yeah. and the impression on you that that makes. Yeah, but maybe it's just because we've 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 grown up with these rules from like being from mm. being very young. Maybe, but yeah, it just feels like there's a subconscious element to it. The same way that you get a spidey sense when someone's watching you, or mm-hmm. the, you know, you, you just get a feeling that something's wrong. Yeah, that you get you seem to get that feeling before you before before you uh, do something or read something or hear about something that is socially wrong as well. Yeah, so weird that it feels like it's kind of ingrained. But yeah, I guess that's the whole psychopath thing is when you go past that point and you just yeah. no longer care about that that element. Mm. But it just seems so. Like the whole creepiness is always I've always found so interesting. I mean, again, talking about old weird friends. There was a guy who, um, when we, I mean, we were like fourteen and we're like learning how to talk to the real people in the world. Yeah, and he had a real issue <laughs> with the fact, almost like Michael Jackson, the issue of like, why can't you tell a father that their thirteen-year-old daughter is very good at gymnastics mm. when you don't know who they are and you've just seen them stretching in the bar? Yeah. He's like, why can't you? It's like, because he'll think that you're looking at your, his daughter yeah. in an inappropriate way. Yeah, but I'm congratulating her on her skill. No, but he'll, he'll, he, that's not how he'll read it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you're, you're doing it on her skill, but you're examining her skill by sex, well, not sexualizing, but physically objectifying her you body can, in those moments. You can do that if you go to a gymnastics tournament. If you're the coach and you have a relationship already, but there's a part, there, there's that feeling where you just go, nope. That's socially, that's not the right thing to do. But yeah, it no, seems. But I think I think in a competitive environment, in the same oh, way, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. in the same way that if if you saw some little some girl on stage singing, yeah, 
and you were in the audience and you went up to her and her parents afterwards and were just like, she was really good. Yeah, but you wouldn't go like, your throat was great. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's there's this weird, everyone has this feeling of understanding of this as social rules about what you can and can't do yeah. but it's yeah. never something that's really taught directly like maybe when you're a kid and you say something inappropriate yeah like you might get a slap and mm. then you go oh okay i shouldn't ask about that yeah. right now but yeah it just seems weird that it's so ingrained and yeah the whole creepiness thing like for you <laughs> i don't know whether it's just i just got bored of thinking about it but there's this whole <laughs> there's this whole thing um the difference between men and women in that if you was walking down the street and a woman approached a man and asked for sex, the feeling is that the man would be more accepting of it. Mm. would be like, sure, let's just do it for fun. Yeah. But if a man went up to a woman for sex, it would be almost uh, aggressive, kind of a weird thing. Yeah. But then you kind of think, I, went, I tried to compartmentalize it a little bit more, take the sex sex out of it, and say a, a woman came up to a man and asked to give him a foot massage then it would still be a little bit creepy, a little bit weird, a little bit psychopathic. Mm. But if a man did it to a woman, it would definitely be sexualized and creepy. Yes. Yeah. And then you go, why is that? Can we not separate that whole kind of thing? And then mm. I was like, if someone randomly walked to me in the street and offered to give me a foot massage, I'd be like, okay, sure. I don't care. Yeah. But then like it started happening and I was like, this doesn't feel right. No, <laughs> it's it's to do with being like, I, I think that security human, thing. Yeah. I think, contact like anything contact related or that kind of like invasive questioning or even if it was like, like singing like can i just can i sing to you yeah but you'd be like no there's, 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 there's so that even even if you're performing for someone there's so much of that that is mm. based on a very personal connection yeah. and i think if it, it's it's a matter of whether it's solicited or unsolicited if they come to you and ask for it then it's fine like in the same way that someone can go to a massage parlor and ask for a massage, there's nothing. Really yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. But then if, if unwarranted, if, unexpected, yeah. uninvited. Yeah, yeah. It's that weird element again. That kind of like, there's nothing wrong with this, but my body is telling me that something is wrong. It's mm. that weird subconscious. This isn't correct. You need to not be in this situation. But if you invite other people into the situation for some reason, it's suddenly fine again. Like I've watched videos of like of buskers like just walking up to strangers and serenading them but because it's on mm. video and you you understand that there's some kind of setup to it it seems to suck all of yeah. that creepiness out of it the context of it is changed so yeah. you understand but in it's reality it's just some dude standing over there holding his phone yeah but you yeah you feel like it's a performance and not because that's the thing it's the trust thing mm. of if somebody's just standing too close to you yeah there is a feeling of like why is he what's got why should i need to be concerned for my safety and then when you realize that there's other people around who seem to be knowing what's going on you're a bit more comfortable with it mm. but yeah i just I find that also that fascinating so yeah with this kind of um article where it's kind of like oh you know nothing if if they didn't have uh, penetrative sex or didn't have sex of any kind and he just tied her up in the woods and if the child was up for it on paper if you remove the fact that he's 19 mm. it should be fine but there's a feeling in your gut that just goes like no yeah. like even if this is innocent this should not be re- replicated on the on the on the highly unlikely highly likely chance that it will be won't be innocent in certain situations Mm. Just seems strange. I see. I, I don't know. The, the 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 age thing always always weirds it out. Always, yeah. even when I was even when I was younger. Like there was a point when I was nearly fifteen, and there was um there was, there was a girl that was, it's like I like you. Do you like me? It's like yeah, you're kind of cool and all that. <laughs> like um 
and then she was just like, and then like the age thing came up, and mm. she's just like, how old are you? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm 14 next month. So then I was immediately like, I'm nearly 15, and I'm talking to a 13 year old girl, <laughs> right, yeah. and it just freaked me the fuck out. And I was just like, no, no, not, yeah. no, not interested. And there is a definite difference between ages of and, people uh, but experiences. We were but both still very young. Yeah, there's only a year difference between yeah, the two of you. Exactly. But again, yeah, there's that weird. I, th- I also think that high school plays a big part in that, where it's just like mm. I'm, in, I'm, I'm in year nine. I can't be seen with a year seven. <laughs> like, but like, there's you. I, there was at our high school. There were very definite gaps between the years, yeah. and you didn't hang out with people in other years, really. Yeah, I think it's similar in my school. There were some blurred areas because, mm. like, the yeah, sixth again, form was like yeah, two because years you'll find two, you'll find a couple of you'll find Same like a year eight, a year nine, a year seven, and their parents know each other and they live next yeah, door yeah, to yeah. each other. So their friendship groups around them tended to be a bit mixed. But other than that, if you were from out of town like I was, like you just didn't mm. didn't didn't mix with people. But yeah, there's so many different. Yeah, the, what I liked to do before was stuff like that's disgusting or that's gross, and then it seems to be a natural evolution of people to get over it mm. so like uh, if people don't like bad smells and then they become parents like get used to bad smells and you see yeah. parents and like yeah don't worry about it we don't care we've seen far worse yeah and you kind of get into it so it seems weird that there's this kind of inbred feeling of what's right and well it's not even a moral compass but there's just a spidey sense that you kind of are born with and then some of the spidey sense you meant to get over and the others like legitimately yeah, context is king. Because, yeah, you should still avoid bad smells. Mm. But, again, once you know that, oh, it's my kid. Oh, it's just fecal, whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll just deal with it. <laughs> um, then you become, but then there's still other bad. You shouldn't... It's, I think fire smells bad to some people. You should know when that's happening. Oh, it's a fire. I'm not going to try and change that fire's nappy. So, <laughs> <laughs> just step away. <laughs> yeah, no, fire's a different thing, man. Fire, there is something very instinctual about smelling fire, but I always feel like it draws people in as a yeah. to pushing them away. <laughs> was there, I can't remember the reference, but some big firestorm in Germany. Drew <laughs> oh, people that in. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know that just popped up, and uh, yeah, I'm always interested in the weird subconscious psyche of people yeah. and, and what's going on with it. But other than that, um, yeah, weird week. I can't remember. I think no, we recorded last week, didn't we? Yes, we recorded. Yeah, yeah on Tuesday. <clears throat> yeah, no, yeah, been and I was meant to get my uh, wisdom tooth removed, so I went back to the dentist, who I kind of set up a little bit in the last episode, but yeah, and this one, like, it was just to be ripped out with a pair of pliers, basically, and they just give you injections. And um, the way he tested, he's a dentist. The way that he tested that my tooth wasn't was numb was he just started hitting it with a screwdriver. (laughs) (laughs) Which I couldn't get over. Because I was like, there's dentist tools here. There's like this weird prodding thing that looks like it's designed for this. You've just got a Phillips head screwdriver. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, uh, uh, it's common knowledge that I can't really be defeated by Western medicine. um, (laughs) Or mortal man's weapons, we'll put it that way. Yeah, common Um, knowledge, that guy knows. (laughs) (laughs) So like there was just uh, he, he pumped me up with the maximum amount of painkillers, yeah, and just to no joy, but a few different reasons. One, the tooth I've got strong teeth, mm. like in the roots or whatever. I'm assuming because I drink milk. That's how much <laughs> I'm going to think about that. It's probably milk. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> you need to have your tooth removed. Ah, but they can't be removed because of the milk. 
um so yeah he tried he tried wiggling it about and tried to rip it up but it was just ridiculous so i've got to go to hospital to have an operation oh to get it removed and that's in like a couple of months wow but he said well the good news is i can probably just kill your tooth i reiterated like mortal man's weapons they can't it's only a wisdom the, tooth isn't it like, yeah it's yeah. not one of the ones you actually need Pro- i don't know do you need no which you, don't teeth? Need you need the front and the back do you need the middle ones you need the ones that you're supposed to see Supposed to see, yeah. So, well, That's like the wisdom the teeth, wisdom teeth are like a leftover of evolution. They're not, they were never meant to come through, which is why when they come through, they fucking hurt because they start pushing into everything else. Yeah, um, I never had any problem with wisdom teeth. No, to be fair, like a couple of mine. I think came I had teeth removed. They, they got they got infected and then they cured and they were fine. Yeah. But a lot of people have real trouble with them. They have, they, you have, like they have to have them out when they come through. Yeah, yeah. I think I had teeth ripped out. Like five teeth, baby teeth ripped out. I for did braces. when I was younger because they were like, "Oh, you'll you'll get overcrowding." So we need to take yeah, out something like that. So yeah, they did that. I don't know whether that helped or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he said, "Yeah, I can kill it." I was like, "Okay, that sounds good." He says, "Well, in order to kill it, I have to drill through the nerves and mm. just kind of assassinate them." I was like, oh, okay, oh, sounds great. Oh, I'm already loaded up with painkillers. Yeah, but yeah, he just kind of drilled with a fucking buzzsaw or whatever. After wheeling it around and stuff and kind of fucked around with it, put some weird steroid paste in it. Said if it has, if it isn't dead, this will kill it. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so yeah, they they tried to kill the tooth. It's kind of it's better, but I think I've still like pain around it, still swollen. But it could just be from being injected five times. And yeah, and wiggled you could, around. Like even if the t- like <clears throat> if your tooth was infected, the infection spreads to the surrounding area, so you yeah. have to kind of get rid of that as well. But yeah, so they've got to wait a couple of months to get that removed, which is a pain. I don't mind hospitals. It's just, it takes up so much of your time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, even, even if, if it's an appointment, I'm assuming I go in, get knocked out, have the wisdom teeth removed, probably have to stay overnight Mm. or stay like eight hours, 10 hours or something like that before I can head back. And it's just like eight hours out of my day. Yeah. But I left over from anesthesia the day after. I've already had like time off work to fucking get this dealt with twice now. And now you're saying I have to dedicate a couple of nights to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and that was fuck. It was fucking horrible the last couple of days. Just like the pain went from tooth pain to entire head pain mm. just because of the amount they were fucking with it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, yeah, kind of, it is what it is. Figure it out. And then <laughs> the day after, uh, my garden flooded. Oh. <laughs> like, um, yeah, like, cause apparently my house is trying to float away. <laughs> it's a, a semi detached, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's trying to escape me. I don't understand. But like, yeah, the, the fucking, the, the guy I bought the house from seemed okay, but he seemed, he's such a shoddy cowboy kind of tradesman, I guess. Yeah. Cause like, he's an electrician and the stuff that he wired up power cuts the house. Oh. <laughs> So I just don't use that kind of electric stuff. And yeah. then, yeah, he the, built that, a conservatory. The black goo fountain. <laughs> yeah, there's a fountain in the garden. Oh, look, a water feature. And then just out comes <laughs> <Turned> death. <it> <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah, and all this black tar from the deep came like spewing yeah. out of it. And then all your electrics were just like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then he built a conservatory and he You're moved the, the drain over. You're unleashing the right now. I need to stop it. <laughs> You're summoning some kind there's of a, demon. There's a fuse in your fuse box that just says Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 switch to unsafe or release. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, and it's not a big problem because it's like, oh, it's fine. But 
Like the reason that it was clogging up was because of soil getting in the drain and that creates damp. And that means when it was flooding, it was like this really foul smelling water. Without it being sewage, you're like, it smells a bit sewagey. It's like, um, no, it's just soil and damp. Yeah, it's, uh, what's it called? Stagnant. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. Been sitting. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I was getting that thing. It was like £2,000 on top oh, of, like, sorting out everything God. else. It's like, it's a real adult week. <laughs> One, the teeth you get rewarded with for surviving to adulthood. That's dead. Um, so we're going to get that removed. Okay. <laughs> By the way, you don't need that money that you've been trying to save. <laughs> get rid of it. It's fine. Oh. Uh, but part of adulthood. Uh, to be fair, there was, there was, like, a few different expensive things that I was considering doing with the house anyway yeah. it's just good that i didn't go just through done. them well yeah because it would have fucked everything if you yeah. yeah well it's like it was yeah looking at building a new conservatory which would have fixed the drainage issue actually anyway oh but um <laughs> for like 10 15 times the price but i get a new conservatory out of it um and yeah i was like oh i should upgrade the boiler and it was like oh it's like 10 percent of the house's value really? to upgrade a value to, up, to put a new boiler in it's like okay are you kidding <laughs> It was like six grand. Fuck me. Did they have like, to change all the pipe work and everything then? Not really. No. No, not really. It's Fuck just the hell. price of a new boiler and, um, yeah, the labour involved, which was minimal for the job that it was going to be. Um, so, yeah, parts and labour, pretty much, <sighs> just to get it all sorted. It was like, oh. And I was like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. Again, adult talk of just like, oh, I don't know if that's worth it, to be honest. Yeah. But drainage stuff was like, no, it's... I just feel a responsibility to look after the house, as mm. in not to be the person who hands it off to somebody else. Yeah. And just be like, no, nah, if it's broken, just fix it. I'll fix it. And then it's fixed. I'm not passing. I'm, fi- I'm, I'm adding positivity to the world, mm. as opposed to being like, someone else buy this house. And yeah, don't look at the conservatory and fucking the boiler's fucked. But hey, yeah. I don't want to do that. So it feels weird. <clears throat> other than that, pretty normal week. Yeah. Um, for me, anyway, there's been a lot of... Uh, Stuff happening out outside in the world. Yeah, have you had a good week? I haven't. Yeah, you've been all right. Yeah, yeah, it's been fine actually. I um I I I, uh, I reconnected with an old friend this week, mm. which was interesting because like he's a guy that um I met that actually got me into the the masters course. All right, for the filmmaking stuff. I think I used to work with him at Curry's, and then randomly we bumped into him a few weeks before the wedding and he turns out he just lives like five minutes down the road it's right. like oh well, i don't have any time right now but we'll go out in a few weeks so yeah we went out for beers on friday night it's it's, it's interesting it's like you know when you i you, you kind of you start talking to someone again and it's just like this is exactly how it was yeah like yeah, nothing's yeah. in a good way yeah like yeah, yeah. nothing's changed there isn't like it's not so much catching up as it is just talking shit for hours. The just same, recontinuing. Same. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite cool, and we haven't we we haven't met anyone around here that we've <clears throat> kind of um, that we've bumped into like independently yeah. outside of like the the, the f- like family that we already know and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite cool to kind of start forming new connections and stuff. Yeah, and he's into board games and all that shit. So it's like, yeah, yeah. No, so it was yeah that was quite cool. Other than that, I've been chopping wood, which is great. Is that a euphemism for no. beating your wife? <laughs> no. I'm out no. chopping wood. <laughs> no. No, we, 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 we ordered our first skip, which I think I might have said last week. Right. I don't know. And to celebrate. That's co- well, that's coming next weekend. We need to clear up all the logs because we've got thousands of pounds worth of logs in the back garden for some reason. Pounds in weight, not pounds in yeah, cost. Why do you need to do that for the skip? Because they're in a log store that we want to get rid of. Oh, so you're tearing down a building? Yeah. Right, fair yeah. enough. 
Yeah, well then that makes sense, doesn't that it? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's <laughs> been my week. Other than that, it's slowly been getting colder and I've quite enjoyed it. Yeah, you can wear your hat soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, in fairness, I put the woolly hat on the other night before we went out and I was just like, it's it's not time. I had to take it off again. <laughs> it was... <laughs> like, the, like not going into the bat cave. No. Not yet. No. <laughs> not soon. Yeah. Gotham yeah. will need its warm-headed, <laughs> short, bad tennis player man. <laughs> Can't play tennis in the winter, so... Can't you? Well, you can, just indoors. It's not People good. can. Steve can't. Steve can't. Steve can't play tennis in the summer. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some random stuff in the news this week. Yeah. Um, I'll start off with this one. A nurse who burnt himself to death outside Kensington Palace after losing his job was apparently treated unfairly. Which I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the fire? By Just in je- life... Yeah, <laughs> life handed him a bad flammable deck. Yeah, and he just. <laughs> man, just if you're to willing fire. to set yourself on fire, you're in a bad place, man. Yeah, or that's unfair a horrible place. way to go. Yeah, it's a, it's. I a, don't. I don't like. It's I know a strong people, statement. Well, that's the thing. I know people always do it as like a statement or whatever, mm. but you you already have to be fucking unhinged. It's not. Yeah. Nobody does it to prove a point. They do it because they want to die. Yeah. Like there's and 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 at that point you are for, for you you there's, there's something fucking unstable about you because that is a fucking horrible way to go and it it goes against every fucking instinct <laughs> that you have. Just set yourself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Even <laughs> even, even if you're a nurse. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um, he was sacked uh, a few weeks previous by email following misconduct officers uh, his name was amin abdullah officers found abdullah on fire outside the palace at 3am on 9th of february having apparently doused himself in petrol and set himself alight Oof. again i just like the word apparently, apparently. he set himself alight well yeah. no he has no <laughs> and it is apparent i'll give you that yeah <laughs> because it's, it's dark there's no real he's question. the only bright thing here <laughs> it's very apparent that he's on fire uh, the Malaysian-born nurse who became depressed when he was ordered to leave his job was due to appeal the decision two days later. Didn't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had disciplinary proceedings against him after he signed a document in support of a colleague who had received the patient complaint. So some patient complained to a medical pre- medical friend of his. Mm. He signed a thing saying, I know, vouching for his character. So he got fired. And yeah, he then got fired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there was lots of flame involved. Um, he said that the patient was a professional complainer against the NHS. A professional complainer? Yeah, just like those people love to get angry and write oh, complaining right. letters and okay, that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. is what he's kind of saying. Um, Abdullah should have known that signing the petition was not appropriate, the independent report said. However, it noted that none of the other 18 signatories was disciplined for their involvement. Mm. So he's just been singled out. Like, 18 other people have signed this thing. And he's kind of been put up. A coroner, a coroner and inquest. Again, this is just journalistic stuff that I don't understand. Why are you asking the coroner what happened to the man who was set on fire? A coroner at an inquest held last year ruled Abdullah had, in quotes, killed himself while the balance of his mind was disturbed. (laughs) That's a very zen way of putting it. (laughs) (laughs) We know what's happened. The coroner is there to, the coroner, I keep saying, um, is there to, you know, the, the reason of death. Not like, you know, his feelings at the time. 
not his mental state. I don't think that's a coroner's job. <laughs> well, there's no. not many coroner therapists. Well, you don't go to, you don't take your car to a mechanic and be like, ah, I see the problem. The balance of the engine's been disturbed. This <laughs> 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 engine's got a split personality. <laughs> Start to, like, stay in your corner. Stay in your box, coroner. Just fucking, why are you getting involved? <laughs> but yeah, proper, proper intense way to go. And then, I don't know, I've never seen self-immolation as a symptom of depression. It seems like quite a... There's different forms of depression, all that kind of stuff, but you feel like suicidal depression, or depression-suicide, mm. is kind of a bit quieter, a bit more tragic. And this is tragic, but it's definitely more out there. It's more action-packed. It's also like, you think of it as kind of a... It could be a split-second decision. Like, there have been a lot of... He had to buy petrol. Well, did, yeah, but you always have to... Then I, go to Kensington Palace. Yeah. Like, it's like maybe like an hour's worth, yeah, but yeah. still not that much. So like if you're, if, but a lot of people that, um, that attempt suicide and fail then lose their suicidal thoughts. And the idea, the, the thought behind that is that, um, that the, the, the actual suicidal part of your depression is very much a split second kind of thing. Mm. Like you could dwell on it for a while, but once you've tried and if you fail, mm. it kind of, it goes away as being like, a as, as being a symptom. Now, that's not always the case. A lot of people... No, yeah, there's a lot of uh, fleeting lot. thoughts that yeah. people are suicidal. But then get. the way they choose to kill themselves is like jumping off a building, shooting themselves through the head, yeah, hanging yeah. themselves. It's something that's very quick to set up and it's very, like, very mm. quickly successful as well. Like, and then if you're already covered in petrol and you have a match, then yeah, you can't really have any second thoughts yeah. once you've lit the match, really. Yeah, I, yeah. D- I don't know. I think you'd... Well, maybe he was stopping and dropping and rolling. I don't know, but like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think... Uh, I'd, yeah, may, may, maybe, but I, d- I don't... Th- it's not a quick death. Like, yeah. I don't know, maybe... Hopefully it would be where you just kind of go into shock. But you kind of yeah. get don't get the impression. You feel like it ramps up pretty high. Yeah. And then you just kind of fall over and cease to be. Yeah. But, yeah. Sad times for Abdullah. Mm. But... So, Apparently quite funny. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think death by self-immolation is quite a cool way to go. Not that I recommend it to anybody. No, but it's definitely more in the news. Yeah, you, you, you made the paper. Yeah, I'd and... rather drown, and drowning seems unpleasant. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like your nerves would cut out eventually from fire. I feel like, like you'd, it you'd would like be... burn through to a certain point or something, and then you'd, you'd, you'd lose consciousness or <laughs> I something think, like that. Well, I, I think you probably lose consciousness very quickly. But uh, the idea, like I, I've, I've burnt myself making eggs. The idea of having that pain Might all over me for any period of time is horrific. And <laughs> <laughs> you've drowned yourself in the shower, and that's been <laughs> relatively a bit more pleasant. Yeah, thoroughly pleasant. <laughs> Nearly died, but very relaxed. Fair enough. So yeah, just don't set fire to yourself unless, you know, you fancy it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, police got a phone call that went, Help! I'm being pursued by a squirrel. Uh, by my terrified man when he phoned the emergency services in the city of Karlsruhe, I think it's pronounced. Mm. And not just any squirrel. When a squad car arrived, it turned out to be a baby squirrel. <laughs> the rescue pre- proved simple when the tiny rodent, exhausted by the chase... Fell asleep. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Office said the squirrel was probably simply looking for a new home. Now, the whole... Th- this you, old- you're a house. 
<laughs> Let me move in. <laughs> now, the thing about this, like, it's presented as a story as, like, how ridiculous that this person called the police over a squirrel, mm. let alone a baby squirrel, that was just falling asleep. Yeah. But it's like, no, I get it. One, you don't know. What do you do? Do you attack it? If it attacks you, can you kill it? Like... How would you react to the situation? When he, if he follows him home, you're going to call an animal services authority anyway. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with calling the police. You're being pursued by a wild animal. I think it's yeah. just the idea that people don't see squirrels as threatening. Yeah. But I've, I've, Incorrectly I've, as well. I've read stories of old women that have been ravaged by squirrels because yeah, they accidentally yeah. cornered them in their garden. <laughs> Like, no, yeah, the, the the pretty aggressive animal. Like the only reason was it the only reason that the gray the gray squirrel exists today is because it was introduced into the UK ecoclimate and it murdered all the red squirrels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dis- displaced them and killed them. And like they came over on a ship from Europe, I think, when we when we were I on a know. gap year. Yeah, fuck it, on the sea of the UK. Yeah. Well, they um, go on, they say, um, it often happens that squirrels which have lost their mothers look for a replacement and then focus their efforts on one person. Um, a police spokeswoman said. It's weird that police spokeswoman's talking about, why not get an animal rights, oh, not animal yeah. rights, but animal science or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> I like the idea that he wasn't threatened by the physical aspect. He just mm. wasn't ready for that level of commitment. <laughs> like this, this, this looking like it wants me to be its mother. Running and away I, from child support. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't want to deal with that. No, that's just. I've ridiculous. already got four squirrels. <laughs> I don't need a fifth. I lose enough hazelnuts as it is. I don't want to lose more and then yeah. have someone to blame. Yeah, Christmas is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the German officers, because uh, it happened in Germany, um, seem to take th- threat, take the threat from the tiny terror in their stride. Squirrel becomes our new mascot, christened Karl Friedrich. They said in their police report. <laughs> Squirrel becomes mascot. <laughs> that's, the, that's the headline. <laughs> the squirrel um, has fallen asleep, probably just because it was frightened. Uh, police took the squirrel into police custody. I find that sentence hilarious as well, because I feel like if you're being taken into custody, you have to be handcuffed. Yeah. <laughs> just put one round its neck. Handcuffed on a conscious squirrel. <laughs> Threw it in the back of the car. And then took to an animal rescue center where it said it was being looked after. Yeah. So, yeah, I it's, wouldn't. It's just people's perception of squirrels. Like, it's a baby squirrel. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's harmless. If it was, if it was like a baby snake, they'd be like, that's perfectly understandable. Even if it wasn't <laughs> venomous yeah. or anything. There's a worm. Cool, yeah. police. Because have we have an snake. idea of the kind of things we should and shouldn't be afraid of. But it's like, nah, motherfucker, it's got teeth and it's fast. Like, yeah. And I completely understand. You should, call, if, 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 you should call an animal rescue center anyway. Yeah. So I understand that you would just call the police because you might not know the number of your local no. animal rescue center off the top of your head. No, exactly. So you'd call a non-emergency police line to be yeah. like, I'm being followed. As, that's by an another animal. thing. It wasn't specific as to whether it was like emergency or non-emergency, was I it? I think it said it might have been emergency, but I think 111 still counts as yeah. an emergency helpline. Yeah. It's just the lesser, the less emergency one. <laughs> lesser one. Um, people have got weird hobbies mm. and it's destroying the world. <laughs> uh, making a pretty pile of rocks on a beach um, is causing global warming. Oh, man. Um, there is backlash against the art of stone stacking. Humans have been making their mark through rock cairns and monuments for centuries. Now critics say building new ones spoil pristine environments and could be a threat to wildlife. <laughs> Once ever walk past Stonehenge and be like, look at this abomination. <laughs> <laughs> but supporters say the health benefits far outweigh any damage. The health, health benefits, benefits of putting of rocks. rocks on rocks. <laughs> <laughs> but, Just buy some Lego. 
<laughs> well, I kind of under I kind of understand what they're saying about like if you've picked up all the rocks off of a beach, then there might be animals that need these bigger rocks right. to gain purchase or get out of the sea or go into the sea, something like that. You are disturbing a natural habitat, same as if you chop down all the trees. But yeah, it's but so in, it seems house. so innocent. Your house isn't a natural habitat for fucking anything, and you yeah. tarmacked half the world. Yeah. But then that's more reason, right, to maintain, maintain non-tarmac bit, one, isn't but it? But it's like, it, I, I, just, I just find it weird that, that they go after something like that, <laughs> and then... Just when there's like, other things at play. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but, you know, space missions are going on, and that's causing quite a bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I, I won't dump litter in the street. I yeah. refuse to. It feels horrible to me. I just can't yeah. do it. But then I also agree with Louis C.K. when he was just like, this yeah. isn't the environment. I'm not <laughs> yeah. littering the environment. This is the street. <laughs> yeah. This is a totally different creation. Yeah. Um, John Hurston, founder of the Blue Planet Society, believes it's a worrying trend, putting rocks on rocks. Yeah. People are doing it with no education of the environment, so they don't know what site they're in, whether the site has any wildlife significance or historic significance. Oh, God. And add to that the historic significance of Cairns in Scotland, used for landmarks and to show safeways. You're now... Conf- safeways, not the supermarket. <laughs> Just like safe passages. You're now confusing that the personal statements that... You're now confusing that with personal statements that really mean nothing. <laughs> so it's basically saying that these people have created these rock sculptures by putting rocks on top of other rocks. Yeah. Uh, who are doing it for some kind of artistic expression and self-discovery. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing it for years with cement <laughs> yeah just with most things putting things on things it's yeah. kind of what we've been doing he goes on everything has its place i think creativity is great and i think getting into the environment is great but with the growth of social media it's reached a point where everybody's doing it <laughs> i is think it really that big a problem <laughs> i think creativity is great but now that everyone's doing it don't <laughs> basically what that statement is saying i i think it's great but don't do it yeah don't too many people do it all right <laughs> james craig page is a stone stacking artist <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that tickles me i think it's, it's one it's the fact of you're just putting rocks on rocks yeah. and yeah don't get me wrong there's art uh, there's creativity in there what rock do you put on what rock <laughs> And what backdrop? There's loads of other things. And, yeah. yeah, but it just feels like who's who decided that he was an artist in that case. Oh, that's the thing. I don't think necessarily he would have decided that. Yeah, he just but like, the community just was like, he's, "This is art." Yeah, and then just decided. But you kind of get the feeling like a, a painter is more complex than a rock balance, the rock stacker. Yes, as they're called. Just like there's more skill involved. You feel. Yeah, that like it's there's. There's a chance if you're stacking rocks to do something really nice at entry level. Yeah, same like making a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, just kind of, just kind of. Yeah, do there'll it. be people who are amazing at it, but you could also just go and ask Vera next door, and she could probably put something nice together. Yeah, you just bite the ground, whatever you come up with, probably a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> but he's an artist, so, you know. All for him. Also organizes the European Stone Stacking Championships. All right. <laughs> it's like the opposite of Jenga. Is it, yeah, I was going to say, is that not just dominoes or something? Like? <laughs> Stone stacking championships. Yeah. Uh, the event attracts competitors from across the UK. Mm. Uh, for James, the benefits to mental health far outweigh any harm that is being done to the environment. We've done workshops with schools and have found that children who have trouble focusing in the classroom 
absolutely take to stone balancing, right. which I find quite funny because I immediately think that these kids who don't pay attention, if you put a a large towering block of crushable rocks yeah. and just put them underneath it, they'll focus. Yeah. Like if they're building a tower that could kill them if they don't build it properly. Yeah. They focus pretty up. It's good actually. The sure. people now who are in the selling buckets of rocks business have got two avenues to go on. <laughs> yeah. School shootings and rock balancing. <laughs> yeah. And again, yeah, you can kind of get it like the whole um, nature crafting thing. And giving your brain, occupying your brain with something to do. Well, it's and like there those little zen gardens, about, isn't it? That they get with like yeah. the rakes, raking sand and making shapes. And, stuff. and if you do, I mean, you get you get lost in a, in, in a task, whether it be whenever I was at a stony beach, it was like throw the rock in the shoe or hit something with the rock. Skimming stones. Yeah, just those kind of simple things. Satisfying. Your brain just soothes with it. Yeah. So I can completely understand that, yeah, if you're stacking stones for a purpose and a project that you've got yeah. in your mind, that could be soothing as well. A lot of parents and teachers alike have said that they're absolutely flabbergasted at these children spending more than 30 seconds focused on anything. So it has got some kind of health benefits. Uh, the first rule of the environment is leave no trace, he says. If we educated people to understand the, that philosophy, I think then people would have second thoughts about making a personal statement with a rock stack. Right, but I think when people say leave no trace, they they, they don't consider it like moving things from one place to another like they're mm. not chopping down trees they're not littering they're not doing anything like that like yeah. you could leave a trace by sitting down and leaving an imprint skimming stones as we said that's yeah. leaving a trace that's literally rock stacking in the sea yeah so yeah does that mean you shouldn't sim skim stones and again it may it, it's a logical point it makes sense yeah but it's just I in just, practicality. Well, I don't think you're going to convince people that it's a problem. Unless it's being done on an industrial level. Yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah. If it's a six-year-old kid yeah. building a sandcastle, yeah. leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're putting rocks on rocks. Yeah, but it's sand. Yeah. He's smiling. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> For all the ways the world's going to die, if it's via too many sandcastles, yeah, I think I'll accept that. I think we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're good. That. Yeah. Um, on to cheerier news. An Albanian shepherd who killed eight of his relatives with an AK-47 before challenging the country's prime minister to find him has been found. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been a few of these recently. I don't know what it is. It's the, I think it's the social media and criminals. They're like, catch me if you can't. Oh, you can't. You caught me. Yeah, because you're a government and I'm just a guy. Yeah, and I'm posting it on Facebook, which is giving you so much more information. Um, Rick Van Zicash. Find me if you can. Geotag. Like. Yeah. 24. Abdul, is it Raphael's? Is <laughs> it Pizza Express? Uh, he confessed to shooting cousins and other family members with a Kalashnikov after the 12-hour police hunt. Took him 12 hours, I guess. That's fair enough. Fair enough. While on the run, the fugitive challenged Prime Minister Eddie Rama... Eddie Rama, Benny Hanna. <laughs> he challenged Benny Hanna. Find me, you weird chefs, on Facebook to find him. Zikaj killed his relatives in the southern coastal area of Valor because they accused him of being a thief. I'm not a thief. I'm a murderer. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you call me a thief? <laughs> You're a thief. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're not taking it back. You're a thief. What if I'm a thief? I might as well kill you all. <laughs> and steal all your stuff. So he was a shepherd. Shepherd. <laughs> I always Look, thought shepherding would be quite calming. Quite chill. Yeah, just go over there. I guess less calming if you've got a lot of semi-automatic <laughs> Why are you shepherding with people you? with a semi-automatic <laughs> rifle? People, that's, sheep. That's trafficking sheep. Yeah. Thing. It's not shepherding <laughs> sheep. Uh, local media reported that killing spree was triggered by a family lunch where one of the victims accused Zakaj of stealing their turkey. <laughs> I shepherded your turkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll shoot you and seven of my family members while I'm at it. Uh, he gilled... Shepherd your brains onto that wall. <laughs> he killed his great uncle, the great uncle's wife and two sons, and other members of their extended family. There's another bit in there that um, they said, they said uh, the, the reason it took 12 hours was because um, he was a local shepherd, so he knew the area really well. He's a very good shepherd. Right. So I liked the idea of him shepherding the police. <laughs> like, away from... <laughs> 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 I think he's over here. End up in like a gate. <laughs> Close oh. the gate. Hooray! <laughs> or just he was he just became one with the sheep, I guess. Yeah. Just crouched behind a sheep and getting it to try and get it to Canada or something. <laughs> Why are we in this cave? I don't know, I just just had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. just, something wanted me to, to come yeah, here. I don't really understand why, but I think I'm gonna get a biscuit pretty soon. <laughs> Uh, okay. On to the big story. All right. Um, this has been everywhere. I don't know. I don't know how recent this was. It was pretty recent, but um, yeah, I've seen it like a lot. So you might have read this: an airline employee who stole an empty passenger plane from Seattle Airport crashed it on a nearby island. Yeah, I ignore this one because I thought you might go. For yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's just a random employee. He's like a baggage handler. Yeah, at an airport. Uh, basically, I didn't look into it at all. Yeah, like, I'm just, just letting you know because yeah. I, I, I was like, "How did he get on the plane?" He's like, "Oh, he, he worked with the bags." Yeah, authorities said the man, whose nickname is Bebo, <laughs> Bebo, uh, made an unauthorized takeoff late on Friday. Local Sounds time. like a kids' book. Bebo steals a plane, <laughs> <laughs> but he does it beautifully. Um, Friday local times. So this is like yesterday. Um, international airport uh, forcing it to close. Two F-15 fighter jets pursued the plane, which crashed in Puget Sound. The man is not believed to have survived. The local sheriff of- office said it wasn't a terrorist incident, adding that the man was local and about 29. Well, if he's 29, he's a terrorist. Is he? <laughs> he's, he's a local boy. Yeah. From Seattle. Uh, Pierce County Sheriff Paul Pastor later told reporters it appeared to be a joyride gone terribly wrong. Saying most terrorists don't do loop the loops over the water. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like he was having fun. In a passenger plane. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, now we're on to the section called Why Did He Steal the Plane? Uh, it's not immediately clear. However, an audio recording of the conversations he had with air traffic control gave some insight into what happened after the Horizon Air employee took off. Was it empty? Yeah. Right. Empty. Okay. Just yeah. him. Um, the man could be heard starting to worry, um, but he did suggest he could. <laughs> he suggested he could try and land the aircraft by himself because he had played some video games. 
Uh, I've I, I brought this together from three different articles. So I don't want to... GTA. It always goes well. Always. <laughs> it's always fine. I did Flight Simulator. It's the same thing as life. <laughs> um, the oh, I don't want to... Oh, I'll skip that bit for now. Um, the Seattle Times describes the man as sounding carefree and wild. Um, <laughs> well, however, yeah. the tone changed later in the conversation. <laughs> No, there's a whole transcript of what happens. So I'm, I'm going to give any small quotes. I'll go through the whole thing in a bit. <laughs> what did the eyewitnesses see? Eyewitness John Waldron told CNN he watched the plane do a complete loop the loop before it went pretty much straight up and kind of at an angle and almost stalled the aircraft. Somehow he got it leveled back off and then he made his way down toward the island. So it was like incredible, amazing thing to yeah. see. <laughs> Never seen a Boeing 747 do a loop the loop. <laughs> no. Uh, now, uh, this section is, how did it happen? Um, yeah, he, was, he had a maintenance position. He was just a baggage. He, he was a ramp worker, which is basically, I think, he talks about, he had he had a blog where he tells about the fun it is to put bags in planes or take bags off planes. Right. Um, <laughs> this was a great bag. Yeah, the plane was in a maintenance position. So it was uh, uh, not like parked up or not on the taxiing driver, but somewhere in the middle. Uh, they did say it's important to point out that planes of this size don't have keys. Like aviation safety investigator David Gleave of Loughborough University said, um, but he managed to start the plane, take off, and fly it around, and it might not have been that difficult. So here's the transcript of um, <laughs> of what occurred. Um, the first recording kind of cuts in at this point, something about getting some gas to check out the Olympics, and uh, yeah, air traffic controller. Okay, and Rich, do you know? Are you able to tell me what altitude you're at? Uh, yeah, that's all, you know, mumbo. I've got no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, it's all mumbo, mate. I, do, I wouldn't know how to punch it in, you know. I'm off, all, I'm not on autopilot. Um, you taking me to the jets? Uh, no, Rich, I'm not taking you to any jets. I'm actually keeping you away from aircraft that are trying to land at, uh, SeaTac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to screw with that. Yeah. I'm glad you're not, you know, screwing up everyone else's day on account of me. (laughs) It's probably mid-loop the loop. I'm glad you're having a good day, man. I'm I'm glad you're not being too much of a cunt. (laughs) I know this guy's American, but it just sounds more relatable to me like this. Yeah. Um, ATC then asked, can we just shut this whole thing down? Rich said, um, I'm down to 2100. I started at, I don't know, 30 or something. Uh, Rich, you said you had uh, 2,100 pounds of fuel left? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what the burnage uh, uh, burnout uh, is like on takeoff, but uh, yeah, it's burning quite a bit faster than I expected. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think they tried to get him to land at a military airport. Yeah. That was the one that was like nearby. And he replied, oh, man, those guys would rough me up if I tried landing like that, like thinking they're going to beat him up. <laughs> so I, don't think, I don't think I'm going to land there. <laughs> I think I might mess something up there too. I wouldn't want to do that. I'll, um, you know, hopefully. Uh, oh shit! They've probably got anti-aircraft. <laughs> uh, no, Rich. No, they don't have any of that stuff. We're just trying to find a place for you to they land safe runway. So <laughs> there's fighter jets on either side of you. 
yeah, yeah, I'm quite ready to bring it down. Um, no, I'm not actually, I'm not quite ready to bring it down just yet, but holy smokes, I've got to stop looking at the fuel because it's stressing me out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, okay, Rich, uh, if you could, could you start a left hand turn and we'll, uh, take you down the southeast to the southeast, please? Oh, this is probably like jail time for life, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I would hope it is, you know, for someone like me. <laughs> just like Sorry, he suddenly got self-aware. Yeah, he's like, suddenly like, this is this is pretty illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably looking at life in prison, but to be fair, I've stolen a plane. <laughs> uh, well, Rich, uh, we're not going to worry or think about that, uh, but you could you start turning left, please? <laughs> Then it goes on to a second recording. Uh, hey, uh, you think if I land this, you know, successfully, you know, would they give me a job as a pilot? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, um, I think they would give you a job uh, doing anything if you can pull this off, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> then Rich replies, yeah, right. Nah, I'm a white guy. <laughs> Off in the mic. I'm white. <laughs> End of story. And then uh, onto the third recording. Uh, Rich, if you wanted to land, probably the best bet is that runway just ahead and to your left. Again, that's McCord Field. Um, if you wanted to try that, uh, that might be the best way to set up and see if you can land there. Or just like the pilot suggests, another option would be over Puget Sound into the water. Dang, have you talked to McCord of McCord's field? I don't think I'd be happy with you telling me I could land like that because I could mess his field up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to mess up that guy's field. Uh, Well, Rich, I already spoke to him. And uh, just like me, what we want to see is uh, you not get hurt or anybody else get hurt. So like I said, if you want to try to land, that's probably the best place to go. (laughs) And Rich uh, finalized it by saying, Uh, Hey, um... Ah, uh, you know, I want the coordinates of that orca we saw. You know. <laughs> you know, the mama orca with the baby orca. Yeah, I, I want to see that guy. <laughs> now he's going whale watching. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm assuming at some point in the fight, he's like, oh yeah, air traffic, there's, a, there's an orca down there. <laughs> with a baby orca. It's, ah, it's lovely, that is. That's the thing of beauty, is Oh, oh, yeah, I'll go speak to him later. He sounds like a pretty chill guy. Yeah, for the situation that yeah. he's in. I just can't look at the fuel gauge, you see. <laughs> yeah, stress me out. <laughs> Keep going down. <laughs> oh, I'll land it. I've played GTA, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tr- uh, uh, he's believed to have died in the wreckage. Mm. But, yeah, you go like, well, what was it? Is it just... People say, that oh, you know, maybe he's drunk, maybe he's hungover... He seems kind of drunk, but he doesn't really seem drunk. He just seems... Right. He, I don't believe and a drunk man who like... can't fly no. could do a loop the loop. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't seem like he's snapped. No, he, he like, just seems like he's just... He doesn't give a fuck. This seems like how he is from day to day. Yeah, yeah. it just seems like he just does not give a fuck anymore. No. He's like, fuck it, I'm flying away. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, I'm doing a loop the loop. I feel flying like I'm the loop. Well, I don't want to damage this guy's property. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, have you, have you chatted with him? Because I might fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, a guy's fucking legend. But, uh, yeah, apparently there was fire for two acres from the spot. So oh. it's kind of believed that, yeah, he passed away, which is a tragedy as well. Probably dead. Yeah. Well, like, his friends and family are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just took a plane and went, what? <laughs> like, it's the same as that, uh, you know, bride dying in a helicopter crash. It's just people like, hang on, he died piloting a plane <laughs> he doesn't he's a baggage handler yeah all right yeah. he's not yeah. a pilot well yeah but we said he could be if he could land it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'd offer we'd offered him career opportunities if he survived yeah he did a loop the loop to be if anything the fact that he didn't survive kind of shows a, a bad character that maybe we don't want to work for us but yeah, oh, it's just, it's that, it's that, just that little glimpse into real people. That I, that's what I live for. It's just, you're meant to do things a certain way. And so many people are so restricted in themselves that they'll do things the way that the world tells them to do things. Yeah. And this is just a guy who went, oh, fuck off. I'm going to fly the plane. Yeah. Have you got the keys? Probably doesn't even need keys. Oh, it doesn't need keys. Boom. It's weird. <laughs> like... There's, you're presented with so many possible opportunities to cause absolute chaos every day, but you just don't do it. Yeah, there's this this thing where you just you're on your best behaviour. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't like people on their best behaviour all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather see that little glimpse of who they really are. Yeah, and they don't have to feel like they have to put on those affronts or that put on those appearances in front of everyone else. Yeah, that's why I like it when like professional people come around to do professional things and then they have a laugh. It's like ah, oh. yeah. Yeah, fuck all that shit. <laughs> it's much more entertaining to live life like this. Uh, but yeah, it's a big shout out to Bebo. You're a legend. <laughs> you're an absolute legend. And yeah, for what you did, uh, seems like you're a pretty good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's me. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and finally, Al-Qaeda affiliates Al-Shabaab banned the use of single-use plastics. <laughs> <laughs> You always get these weird things, don't you? Because it makes sense. They're big companies. They're big organisations. What was like ISIS defends the biggest talcum powder cave in the yeah. world because it makes money. So they have, that's what they do. They're part of that chain of consumerism. And I guess... <laughs> I guess it makes sense to go eco-friendly. In the, the, the Somali militant Islamist group Al-Shabaab has banned single-use plastic bags, according to a media outlet affiliated with the group. <laughs> your negotiation for your release has been accepted. If you would like to visit the gift shop on the way out. <laughs> That's my Somali impression, by the way. Somali pirates who have, like, bag for life. Yeah. Off we... for the head back. Yeah. Do you want the more constrictive, more non-eco-friendly... 5p bag or would you like the 20p bag for life yeah it's refrigerated <laughs> it'll keep your screams cool yeah our head bags are environmentally friendly it's all natural hessian it just rots down with the head <laughs> uh, in a broadcast on the jihadist operated radio <laughs> which i find funny for some reason <laughs> i declare jihad but i also am interested in dj <laughs> Abdul's Sunday love songs. <laughs> Sponsored by Saddam Hussein, whatever you are. And Semtex. <laughs> Semtex. Fun for all the family. 
Um, Colgate, make sure your teeth are sparkling white when you reach your 72 virgins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, oh, God, where was it? In a broadcast on the jihadist-operated radio and uh, Andalus last week, uh, Jubaland regional leader Mohammed Ab- Mohammed Abu Abdullah said plastic bags are a serious threat to both, <laughs> <laughs> to both humans and livestock, and the waste they cause is bad for the environment, said the terrorist. <laughs> yeah, said the pirate who's famous for kidnapping, you know, just people off the coast and holding them ransom, torturing them. People call us the bad guys. <laughs> I saw a dolphin with a ring pull on his face. <laughs> A plastic bag up his ass. I know who I'd rather be. <laughs> In the same announcement, the Al Qaeda affiliated group also banned the logging of rare trees. So <laughs> we're doing up. <our> <laughs> No mention was made of how the bans will be implemented or enforced in areas under Al-Shabaab's control, but the militants' indiscriminate use of violence usually encourages civilians to obey orders. <laughs> don't cut down that tree. But you want to... Don't cut down that tree! <laughs> Just holds up a head. Uh, <laughs> Although I like the idea... Bag. <laughs> I like the idea that they kidnapped somebody who eventually got through to them. <laughs> they abducted someone for six months you know abusive all that horrible stuff but then like you know Mike had a point <laughs> <laughs> you know the the the, the rate the, the rate the world is going we'll all be dead in 50 years it's about time we became more plastic conscious <laughs> Gary doesn't even recycle <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Heads in green bin. Bottles in red bin. <laughs> yeah, and then like, you know, as they're, as they're going about their terrorist organisations, their hostage Mike is just like putting stuff and organising stuff properly, folding cardboard boxes. <laughs> like washing out jam jars. <laughs> Doing his part. And then they just liked the way it felt. So they just went along. All right, well, now, now that Mike is without his head, you know, how, how about we all pitch in around the place? With all the money we make from talcum powder, we offer new Al-Qaeda recycling plant and abattoir. <laughs> no pigs. <laughs> pigs must be kept on leads. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's a little insider information. I've recorded this three times now because I keep getting the numbers wrong. So let me see if I can get it right this time. That was episode 97, and next week will be episode 98, I think. Yeah, let's let's say that's right. So that was episode 97. Um, I'm sure it's got some quippy title that I'll write five seconds before I upload it. Um uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch, we are at Pulling Teeth Pod on Twitter, and we are podcast at PullingTeeth.audio on the email. Um, we're looming ever, ever, ever so close now to episode 100, which we might do something special for. I don't know if it'll be special, but I think we're going to try and do something different for. Now, I'm saying this in advance to try and encourage us to actually do it and not have it just be a, 
uh, a last minute kind of ditch effort to make some kind of impression on you guys um so yeah if you want to get involved get in touch if you don't want to get involved um well you just keep doing what you're doing i guess um yeah so that was that was episode 97 yes next week will be 98 and it might be a little bit of a compilation sort of episode we'll see what the weekend brings if we can squeeze in a recording then we'll get that done if not either way it'll be fresh unheard untouched material to your ears but to us it'll be a scattering of things that we've done over the past couple of years um yeah so that was episode 97 right right Next week is episode 98. We'll see you at 98, bright and early, Wednesday morning. Goodbye.